Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Mom on the Fringe podcast. It's actually been a little while since I've recorded a podcast episode, but today I have a really special guest on the show that I wanted to introduce you to. This is my friend, Lauren Humphreys. And Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am really excited because Lauren kind of reached out to me this week. It's kind of crazy. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's stocking up on toilet paper and water and um, lines at Costco are crazy. And we're wondering what to do with our kiddos at home. And we're getting told that we uh, are going to be probably keeping them home for a while now. And <laughs> and Lauren, you have a little more experience than the rest of us do, or most of us do in this department. And so she reached out to me yesterday and she's like, you know, I'd really love to chat with your audience about what they can do um, to help with the quarantine and, and talk to your kids about germs and viruses and all of that. So thank you so much for being willing to just chat with our audience about it. And I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. I was going to for you, but then I thought, no, I'm going to leave too much out. So feel free to just say what who you are and what you're doing and what you've been doing and kind of give us some background. <laughs> All right. Well, um, my name is Lauren and my husband and I have been fostering for about 14 years. So we've had um, 40 or 50 kids and we started with kids with behavior needs. Um, we had autism and um, lots of kids from different kinds of trauma. And then in the last eight years, we have moved to medically fragile kids. So we've had kids with all different kinds of medical needs. Um, we've had multiple kids on dialysis. We've done a few kidney transplants. We've had kids with oxygen, um, cerebral palsy, just all different kinds of special needs. Um, so we've spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, probably we're thinking more than two years worth of nights. Yeah. That's <laughs> actually the where I met you. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, we have yes. there quite. And um, we have had a lot of unique experiences. Um, we have adopted six kids, and four of them are medically complex. So one has just um, a lot of medically complex needs, but isn't very fragile. And then three of them were medically fragile. Um, and one of them, our son Levi, passed away a little, about a year and a half ago. Um, and he passed away originally from a virus. Uh, that's what caused the whole complications that led to his death. So um, I think we do have a unique perspective on this in that we've spent a lot of time in the hospital, a lot of time with sick kids having viruses, um, and we've had a child die from a totally normal bug that anyone should have been able to get over. Um, so very similar to what people are kind of thinking about today. Right. Absolutely. So obviously you have a lot of experience, experience dealing with this. So can you just kind of tell us, you know, what are, what are three takeaways or more, um, if you want, that you would like people to take away from this conversation today? Hmm. I think my one, my first one when talking to kids, we talked, you and I talked some about talking with our kids. And I think the most important thing is just being honest with them. Yeah. Um, when we very first had to go into quarantine, um, my son had a kidney transplant. This was our first time doing it. And he was two. And we ended up being in quarantine for over six months. 
uh, we had two girls that were six and seven, and I was just like, I don't know if we can handle this. <laughs> we yeah. didn't go to. Ch- we had to make decisions about, you know, if friends could come over or if they could go to someone's house and what steps were even, you know, we never went out to a restaurant. We had to go one of us to the grocery store and not take any kids with us. It was just kind of a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, what people are currently thinking through. Um, and so how to explain that to our kids and everybody else wasn't doing it, just us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we explained it with, try to talk about the immune system with them, mm-hmm. um, we said that everybody has an immune system, and we called them attackers because they were little, right? right. So right. The atta- and the attackers go, when they find the cold bug, they go and they attack it. And then that's how you get healthy, you know? So we talked about temperature and, and all the different things that help your body regulate to get healthy again. Um, and we talked to them about how their brother, we were giving him medicine to get rid of his attackers. And so mm-hmm. anything at all, would come into his body and his body couldn't fight it. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really great example of a way you can tell someone why we're doing this, right? Kids, why are we doing this? Because we're protecting the people who don't have enough attackers. Right. Because our choice is to do this for the better of the people around us. Absolutely. Um, even if it's not your brother who doesn't have any attackers, there are people that are, and we can bring it to them without even knowing it. Right. Right. And I think um, real important, and that's something that we talked about with them was like you would if you went to a friend's house you wouldn't necessarily even know you were sick because your attackers are really good and you come home bring it back and his attackers are not and so he will get very sick um and it worked really well and many years later now they are 12 and 13 they still remember and still talk about the attackers yeah (laughs) so they know an immune system and they know lots of other things um but it really does help explain um and it, it makes things less scary. I think if you give kids really clear examples and you help them understand why you're doing it. And this situation, they really are doing it to help other people. Mm-hmm. So what a great way to explain to a kid. You know, you are helping other people by doing this. And the whole society, the entire United States and really the world is choosing to do this to help the other people. Absolutely. That's- Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because we, yeah. we could totally be, um, you know, fine. Well, not fine, but, you know, we could totally um, survive through it and not really even have, I mean, they say there's 10% of us that are carrying it and, and are asymptomatic. So, um, but it's it's who we come in contact with. It's who we're standing next to whenever we're out and about. And um, yeah, for sure. Those are great, great points. Um, but how point cool out. is it to explain to our kids that we're doing it out of caring, right? I mean, right. we can talk about doing it out of fear or we can talk about doing it out of love. Right. And I think there's a difference. Like, we, aren't, we don't want to choose to stay home because we're afraid of getting sick. We want to choose to stay home because we care about the people around us. Yes. That's, yes. There's a, I think there is. And it's really important that I think that our kids grow up remembering this as a time that we chose to care about others in our community. I love you that, know, Lauren. I love that. We that. all sat down scared to death. But we- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and how, how are you handling this? I mean, because obviously, you know, in the past, there's been these attackers that we sort of knew about. They, we knew their behaviors and we knew, um, you know, kind of what they would do to the system. Um, obviously, everything has variables because, uh, as you know, uh, my son had situ- a situation, you know, when he was three or four where um he had something going on in his system and it hit his brain and caused seizures. And so we didn't know what it was. Um, so how would you go about, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of things out there that we have uh, sort of some experience with, you know, when you're talking about attackers, um, you know, when you were talking to your kids, um, we know the behaviors of some of the things that we've seen before, like the flu and common cold and, you know, certain other things. And we kind of know how they spread. Um, you know, sometimes they surprise us, but we know how they spread and we know how to handle them. But I think the thing that uh, is sort of scary or maybe the unknown for a lot of us parents now um, and people in general as we're navigating this is we don't really know uh, a lot about this. You know, scientists are, are researching it, but but as a whole, we don't know very much about this virus. So it's really hard or I think challenging 
um, for us to address it with our kids and feel like we are even knowledgeable enough to navigate it. So how would you go about that? Um, how are that, you going about that? <laughs> yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the truth is, though, that when talking with our kids, um, we don't usually give all of that information or anything to them when we're talking about other things anyway. Right. So we don't really have to give, like, exactly all of the information, even, you know, the things that scientists don't know yet. But what we do know is enough. We know that it travels quickly. It passes easily. Lots of people get it. And our healthcare system can easily get overwhelmed. And I think those are all things you can explain to a child. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we can say that just like we said about trying to keep people healthy, right, that our goal is to make sure that the doctors can help everyone. And the doctors mm -hmm. can't help everyone if everyone is sick at the same time. Right. And I think these are things that we've all seen, but just learning how to say it to a child and to explain yeah. to them that this is just another reason why we want to care for the people around us because right. we want to help, let the doctors be able to help them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that the details of all of the how it works and what it is, if they're interested, then go online with them and, and research stuff and help them find, like, information that's fun and interesting for them because it's cool that they get to learn that, that we don't know stuff yet. Right. Maybe they'll be the ones that one day learned about this, right? They'll be yeah. doing research in 10 years on it. Um, so it's cool if they're interested. But I think the baseline of information, we have plenty to share to them, you know, enough to get them to understand why we're doing it and um, to help them to want to do it. I think so, too. And when you're talking to them, are you... Um, this is what I was, uh, you know, my husband and I were talking earlier when we were, and we were actually just more talking about food and cleaning up around the house and things like that, that are going to need to change. And quite frankly, um, you know, I fall in the category of people out there that, you know, their kids are in school full time and working, uh, you know, we're working. And so a lot of times when they're home, um, you know, we try to get them to pick up after themselves and all of that, but it falls by the wayside because, you know, everyone's just so busy and you don't have time to deal with it. So we're now sort of, um, that's a whole other day. That's a whole other, other topic, <laughs> but we're not, we were just talking in the kitchen we're like, you know, you know, you guys, you need to clean up after yourself. We're not, you know, it's not, we need to all pitch in and everything. And I said, you know what, I think we just need to sit down and have a conversation that's not in anger, that's not in frustration, but just letting everyone know we need to get on the same page. And I think that that is, um, would you also, you know, maybe suggest or agree that we sit down and have this sort of um, structured, you know, laid out conversation, not a long one, obviously, but like you said with your girls, um, you know, sitting down and just saying, hey, this is what's going on. I know you, you've probably heard some things or, you know, we, you know, you've picked up on some stuff on, on the news or whatever when we've had it on. But, um, you know, here's what's going on and here's how we are going to deal with it as a family. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe that giving children is really, giving children information is really important. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think giving them as much information as we can that isn't overwhelming or isn't scary, but um, helps them understand the world around them is important. Um, we personally often do it with individual kids just because when we get the group together, um, mm -hmm. we're trying to talk to different ages and different stages. But if you sit down with one kid and not make it like some scary official thing, but just like while you're doing the dishes or like come lay mm -hmm. with me in bed and give them that information and talk about it, a lot of times they'll come up with the questions for you, right? I mean, they are interested in the stuff that they've already seen and heard. They are already wondering. So right. giving them a chance to open up and tell your, their fears or their questions, I think, is really important. And that will help the time period you're at home because kids who are scared and kids who don't have questions answered are kids who act out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. That's a, a again, we, we could go on just on that topic alone. Um, absolutely. I think so, too, because we're, you know, if they and also if they they feel our, um, you know, stress and um, concern over um, over things, you know, and. And it's funny how those things hit us because we, you know, I know for myself, I, I had to run out this morning and we needed stuff. And so I had to run out and get it. And 
I came home just very stressed because the whole experience was just like sort of made you feel like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What's happening? And so I came home and I just had this energy and then all of a sudden, you know, before I know it, you know, within five minutes, everyone's freaking out and I'm like, whoa, wait, I've got to back up. I can't, I can't act out the right. fear that I'm feeling right now. I've got to get a hold of my own fear because I can't. Well, and it's okay to tell your kids that you have a little bit of fear too. Being open and honest with them is okay. Like, gosh, I went to the grocery store and I was surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've told, we talked with our kids this morning about how um, I was surprised. There was no big gallons of milk. There was only little gallons of milk. Oh, yeah. That surprised me. I, yeah. I did not know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think because now we know that, maybe we should change our milk habits. You right. know, like, talk about it, guys. Mm-hmm. And I've said over and over to them, you know, for the past few days, we will always have food. We have food. We will not not have food. Also, maybe we should not pour gall- cups of milk and leave it at the counter all day long and throw it away. <laughs> it's <laughs> the exact <laughs> conversation I just had with my daughter. Please yes. don't leave your milk sitting there because then I have to dump it out and we cannot just keep dumping milk out. Yeah. <laughs> It's the thing I'm always annoyed with, but I'm yes. especially when I but, just found out there's much less milk at the grocery store. Exactly. <laughs> We're it, 10 times more annoyed now. Yes. Yes. But it's better for me to tell them, hey, this is why I don't think it's a good idea. What do you think? And they are able to take that in and hopefully, um, you know, able to understand it and help help you with that rather than just feel that you're fearful and angry every time their milk is out, even though they've left milk out for the last three years without a problem, right? <laughs> like, they don't understand. Oh, no, they don't. So they don't. With them, I think. So just, um, yes, being, being, you know, and you've always, I've always looked up to you because you've always been very um, logistic about this, where I tend to be the emotional, you know, parent, and I have to sort of rein my emotions in. And so, that being logistical and just saying, okay, pragmatic and just going, hey, okay, guys, we got to think about this differently. Um, that's a challenge, I think, for a lot of us. So we definitely need to, to Without being scary, it is a challenge. Yeah. Because yeah. them. And so trying to make sure that we're not being, fear, you know, putting fear in them. So walking um, in the door and being like, we're all going to die. <laughs> no, that's probably not a good idea then, huh? No. Yeah. No, there's no dog <laughs> left in the whole state is not the right thing to say. But, you know. You can give them give them small pieces of information that help. Um, yeah. I was my husband and I laugh about this time a long time ago. Um, our daughter, we were raising. Um, we had eggs and okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm gonna start over. It's okay. <laughs> For some reason, I can't get that sentence out. <laughs> we weren't raising eggs. What were we doing? Trying to hatch them. That's the right word. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, my husband and I laugh about this story. Uh, a while back, my daughter, she was probably like eight or so, eight or ten, and we were trying to hatch eggs. So we had a little incubator, and we had them up on the top of the piano, and we were turning them and doing all these things to try to wait for baby chicks to come. And we had a toddler in our house, and we had turned away, and this toddler climbed up on the top of the piano and threw all of the eggs under the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> so we had little baby chicken carcasses on our floor, and my eight-year-old girl was devastated. That we had killed these baby chickens. And all it was just horrible. She was very, very upset. And my husband said he was cleaning up. We, you know, we took all the other kids out, and she wanted to stay. And so he's cleaning up these pieces of dead chicken into the trash can. And he said, I just, I looked at her with, she just had this horrified face on it. Every time I'd look up, I would try to smile to try to make her not feel scared and upset about this. <laughs> and we watched that probably... 20 years from now, she's going to tell this story about her dad cleaning up dead chicken carcasses and smiling the whole time. <laughs> oh, my god! I don't know why he was smiling. Um, but it's funny because we say, you know, there's not too often that you think to yourself, this is a story my kid will remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if my kid will really remember our trips. They will remember that it happened. You know, how much details do they remember? I don't know if they'll really mm-hmm. remember our reading at night. I don't know. But... <laughs> Watching my dad clean up dead chicken carcasses, she'll probably remember. That'll probably be a memory that she'll tell one day. And this, this is a memory that they will remember. They yeah. will tell. And this is something that they, all of our kids, this whole generation is going to grow up remembering this event. Yes. So how personally am I going to make my kids remember this event? Yeah. Are they going to remember being home and hating it and mom screaming the entire time? 
Yeah. Or they can remember, actually, we stayed up eight and had ice cream, late and had ice cream, and mm-hmm. mommy talked to us, and, you know, we end up putting in a prayer time every night, or, you know, like, not tons and tons of stuff. Don't overwhelm yourself on trying to be perfect and Pinterest-worthy. But is there something that you could do that would be special for your kids? Yeah. That's just that you can kind of bring back to just this time in your life that you actually had the time to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do five minutes with my kids. I say, um, everybody gets five minutes. And everyone else has to go, and one kid can be with me either on the couch or in bed with a blankie or whatever. And they that. can talk about whatever they want to do for those five minutes. It's their five minutes. Mm. And sometimes it's quiet, and sometimes they ask me to sing a lullaby, and sometimes they have stories from 40 days ago at school that they want to tell me about their best friend so-and-so. And it's like mm. <laughs> you never know what's going to come. But it's amazing <laughs> to give them that individual time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Five minutes. Can we do five that? Minutes. You know, we like, can, can you that. think of something that your kid would really enjoy or that would be special um, that you can bring back during this time? Because this will be something that they tell. Yeah. And I'd love if our kids can tell something that's not a story based on fear from this mm-hmm. event. Oh, yeah. I love that. And that kind of goes into what we're, we're talking about. So we, I want to talk kind of about the quarantining, uh, uh, you know, experience. And I think that's a really good a good place to sort of start with that because obviously we know washing hands and uh, you know trying to do those things as far as germs are concerned but the, I think that the the whole point of this that I wasn't even seeing that we would go to is the the idea of how to make this a special time how to inform them in in a way that is um you know that is going to make sense for them and and not cause them to be fearful and then act out and then how to spend that time wisely with them. Because let's face it, we've been given this gift of time with each other that we don't normally have. Mm -hmm. Most of us, unless you're a homeschooling mom (laughs) and you are used to this time with your kids, uh, a lot of us aren't, you know, even schooling families are changing their behaviors right now because churches are closing or small groups aren't happening or, events that they normally go to. I think it's affecting everyone. And so, yeah, how can we make this time better for our families? And I think it's important to have that opportunity. My 13-year-old, I was sitting with her the other day, and I was telling her, you know, it's funny, our quarantine, we've had a few quarantines in our life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've had a few times that we've had to be home for months on end. And I said that very first one, that was, it was about a little over six months. And I said, I remember being so scared and being so unsure about it. But I have so many fond memories of it because mm-hmm. we played in our backyard for hours on end. You know, like there was yeah. good things about it. And the next day she came to me, we were we were walking just, you know, yesterday, I guess, or the day before. Couldn't do anything else. So we would just go on a little walk around the neighborhood. And she came to me. She goes, you know, I think there's going to be good things about this one too. <laughs> it's so good to tell them that. You know, there's yeah. bad things. We can't go to church. I love going to church. Yeah. We can't go to school. You love going to school. There's a lot of things that are hard and scary and bad. And also, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things, too. Yeah. And being able to point those out or think about them, I think, will make the difference for this time period, for sure. Absolutely. Now, one thing that we haven't shared with anyone yet is that you guys moved um, a few years back uh, from Texas, uh, which is where we live, at, to Alaska. And one of the things that um, you've mentioned when in your posts and some of the things like that that kind of just made me think, um, I do have a segue here, so follow me, um, is that, you know, there are times in where you live where it's just not practical to get out and about and do things. So you probably even, aside from germs or a pandemic right now, um, you know, you've had experience with even just a weather situation or the fact that, you know, things close down differently there, I'm sure. So have you had that experience? A little bit, yeah. We live in Anchorage, so it's not as bad as many of the villages. Mm-hmm. Um our little guy was very sick in November, though, and has been on a high-flow oxygen machine since then. Hmm. What is it now, Mark? So um, we have been limited in part of that time quarantine where we weren't allowed to go out at all, hmm. um, but just a little bit less limited um, in the past few months. So okay. we kind of are going on already being a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. 
secluded since November. We had a, a couple of months where we didn't, we couldn't really go out, or a couple, I don't know, maybe a week and a half, month and a half or so, um, where we couldn't go out almost at all. And now we've kind of, we were able to start doing small things, but like he still couldn't go to the grocery store or anything. Um, so, yeah, sort of. There's always something, I guess, <laughs> in your life. Yeah, I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what makes it, it just really interesting to talk to you because I think this is your. Uh, this is sort of your life and, you know, you've had to go in and out of these phases. And so you have had a lot more experience um, having to deal with this, whereas some people have never, ever had to think about this at all. Um, so it just makes it makes it really interesting. Um, one of the things that I know um, are on a lot of people's minds is how do we entertain them? <laughs> And that is something I know you have um, some experience with and you can uh, sort of touch on. I know you've already touched on a lot as far as um, just things we can talk about with them, how we make this a special time. But um, And I, I'm totally laughing when I say entertain, but like how do we uh, – you know, aside from the homeschooling uh, conversation, because I'm going to be getting into that with someone else tomorrow, um, although you can definitely touch on that if you want to. Um, but just how do we make this time uh, matter and not just let this time just be about um, logistics? I think that's one of the things that I feel like we're struggling with right now is, you know, it's it it's spring break here in, in Texas. And, you know, we kind of are looking ahead and we're trying to go, okay, what do we need food wise? And, okay, mm -hmm. what are we going to do about, you know, the budget? And what are we going to do about the this that needs to be taken care of? And what's the future hold? And we don't know what the future holds. So we find ourselves kind of being in this position of um, just putting out fires and and trying to <laughs> yeah. uh trying to take care of logistics and maybe that sort of frantic energy i don't know i'm hoping it's not but um but well, let's start yeah. all admitting aren't pinterest worthy right we're not and we're not so we're not going to at least for me i'm not going to be able to do these cute little schedules that are like 30 minutes of art mm -hmm. and then 30 minutes of this and then no. 20 minutes of that and then 45 minutes of mm -hmm. this and like that's probably not going to happen in my house no. Um, yeah, we just are not that well organized. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just don't have that much energy. So <laughs> I don't know. Right. And <laughs> so some of our people are working still. I mean, they're going to be working from yeah. homes remotely without childcare and yeah. So I think that, you know, I think it is one of those cases where you do the best that you can. Um, we, of course, we will have screens going on here. Some that's just the way it's going to be. But we'll have other things, too. Yesterday, we went through all of our books, and we pulled out anything that was educational because we did homeschool at one point in time, and we have a lot of those, like, you know, little just educational workbooks and stuff. And so I pulled out everything out, and we sorted them out to which kid could use it, and they each got a box. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty simple box full of random books that I found in my house. And then we have a box of coloring books that we pulled out and a box of some fun reading books like, you know, I Spies and stuff. And so um, yesterday I turned a timer around for 40 minutes and they each got to sit with their box and they could choose some things from their box to work on. Um, and that was pretty simple. I was kind of starting small, but I figured that is like an achievable goal. Like yeah. let's make it an achievable goal. <laughs> yeah. And let's face it, you know, we're not, a, we're not uh, doing college applications just yet. You know, like it's, it's six more weeks of school technically uh, here. Um, and so like, I just keep thinking to myself, like it's, it's six weeks that we have to kind of make sure that they don't go backwards in what they've learned so far. And yeah. let's not put a bunch of pressure on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, right? I can do right. Just do what you can do. So, you yeah. know, where your kids, I think reading, you know, at least 30 minutes every day is a totally achievable goal for a lot of people. And so mm -hmm. that's a goal we should do. Um, you know, putting them on a program that your school already does mm -hmm. online, yep. that you already know how to access. A lot of people already have that easy access. If you can do that, let's do that. Like, let's make sure that we try our best to get some of those things done. But let's not, like, overwhelm ourselves with more things when we're already in an overwhelmed position. In other um, words, stay off Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, stay off Pinterest. 
<laughs> just don't go here. there. <laughs> We're all going to fail. We're all going to fail miserably right now. The Bible says if we compare ourselves to God, we've already failed. I feel the same thing about Pinterest. Yes. I've already failed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, that we're clearly going to fail on. All it does is make us angry and then make us frustrated our kids that we didn't succeed. Right? So if I want to do set up something where I do 30-minute things every 30 minutes for the entire day, and lo and behold, it doesn't happen. Then later, I'm mad that it didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm mad at myself, and I'm frustrated with my kids, and I think they're not good enough because we didn't succeed, and we're, we're clearly going to fall behind. They're going to go back in school. They're yeah. going to go back, and they're just going to have to go redo the whole year because we did poorly during this time period. And, yeah. and that kind of craziness, that doesn't help. <laughs> it's not helping anything. Right? Jumping, jumping to lo uh, long-term conclusions over things won't help. Oh, so, that's good. Yes. Jumping into long-term conclusions over things is not going to help. We need to nope. say that like three times right now, <laughs> over and over. Put that on a note, a, a post-it note, <laughs> stick it on the mirror. <laughs> yes. We're only dealing with right now. And the truth is 100% truth. None of us know what's going to happen next month. Right. None of us know what's going to happen this summer. But I know what's happening today right now in my house. And that's all I can do. So yeah. let's see what I can do today. So if I can do some reading time, if I can do some online programs that I already know, if I have some books that we already have available, or I have a friend that I know happens to homeschool and she said I could borrow some things. If there's a few things that I can start with right now that is achievable, I think that's better than making this monster, I'm now a homeschool mom and I'm going to do 12 hours worth of work today. Right, right. Because that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> I think the biggest thing um, that's that I feel like has helped me in the past and something that... Um, you know, you've even shared with me because you were a really big resource whenever we tried to homeschool. Uh, I say tried. We tried um, the first year. And, and it actually went really well. But um, one of the things that I, I remember you telling me is you, you had just some time blocks that you set, you know, you set up. And, and it was not very rigid. You're not, I don't consider you a very rigid person. Um, <laughs> no. But you had time blocks where you said, okay, from, I remember you telling me this, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something like, you know, from 8 to eight to 10, we're going to, you know, do something around this idea, right? And yeah. then 10 well, to 12. I, I'm always bad with times like that. What I'm better with, and I, I think everybody's different, I'm always bad with 8 to 10, 10 because I feel like something emergent always happens during that time. <laughs> right. like, literally this morning, the baby had like a, blow out and I had to go bathe him and then you know the dog was barking and so like basically that 45 minutes if I had set up from that time period wouldn't have happened and then yeah. I get frustrated yeah. so I don't do very well with 8 to 10 what I do well with for my life is like 30 minutes of reading or 40 minutes of this or 20 minutes of that and I can mm. set it anytime I want mm -hmm. right because then even if all morning was insane and then finally we sit down to lunch and I'm like oh wait we have this second <gasps> Now's the time. But if I feel like I was supposed to be from eight to nine and that whole time was spent cleaning up poop everywhere, then by 10 o'clock, I'm already mad that the day didn't go well. <laughs> so, let's, so let's back that up then, because I think this is a really good thing to chat with people about, because I think sometimes I've seen a lot of people posting things about um, times and, and that sort of thing and putting it on their calendar. And when you think about the school day, the average normal school day, everyone is on a time schedule that has to do with an actual clock. And when you're home, it doesn't really look like that. Like today, we didn't eat lunch until like 1.15 because... <laughs> you know, uh, we just got busy. My husband was on a call and then I went and had to run and get stuff and we got back home and everyone's freaking out because they haven't eaten because normally they're eating at 11, 18 at mm -hmm. school, you know? And so well, um, I think that's a really good thing to bring up is it doesn't, it, even though the school day runs like that, you don't necessarily, it's not feasible for you to run like that. Yeah. And I think some people are really good about that. Like I think some people, man, they are. They have their schedule. They wake up at a certain time, blah, blah. That's just not my house. And I know that about me. So I think, you know, it's more what works for you. If you will do better knowing that you wake up your kids every day at the same time, then that's great. If you realize that, like me, you end up with, um, you know, a poop off lips <laughs> in the morning and you don't know what you're going to do or whatever, um, I think we just need to accept who we are mm -hmm. and not try to make us someone else. And right. But 
try to figure out how to make what we do well be successful during this time. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's the good. Other thing, the other thing that I think would be awesome is if we can go through and get things out for kids to have easy access to. So if they really like cars, make it a bucket of cars. If they like trains, you know, whatever you already have in your house, pull out and get out some things that you can do. Um, maybe Play-Doh, maybe painting, but let's like start thinking about what I can pull out so that later I already have something to give them because they're bored. Mm -hmm. I like, hey, look, here are these trucks. Here's some tape. Put some tape on the ground and let's make a, a, tri a road, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Or whatever. Just think through what you already have um, because you have things in your house that your kids like. They've played with it before. Yeah. Um, but right now, my kids' stuff is all in a bunch of buckets in the back of their closet and probably all their dirty clothes on top of it. So yeah. even if I go play with it, they're not going to play with it. So right. Right. <laughs> I need to make it easy accessible, and I need to make certain times when I am gonna when I see that I'm going to get frustrated, I need to give them a specific goal that they can go play with. Right, right now is Star Wars time. Right now is this time. Yeah. Go do this. Yeah. Um, and and I think that will help. Um, also having stuff like that another thing that we've done in the past which we haven't done yet this quarantine but when we've done um quarantines in the past i've had blanket time which they um recommend for people who are working on like two three four year olds um sitting down you get out a blanket and you give them a box of something that they like and they have to stay on the blanket with that box mm -hmm. um so when they're tiny it's a very short time right it's just a couple of minutes yeah. But as they older, you increase that time. And you can do that with all ages. And even bigger kids can sit down on the couch when everybody's having blanket time. And that's what you need to do right now. If you want to read a book or if you want to, you know, whatever they have. Uh, they like comic books or they want to draw. Um, but this is calm time. Yeah. Everybody's doing the same thing in their own space at the same time. Right? Their own space. You're definitely speaking my language there. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, giving them all their own space for a couple of minutes throughout the day is important because just like us, they also get overwhelmed and they yeah. also get tired and they also have been next to their brother all day long. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, and I love that you bring that up because that wasn't even on my radar until this morning I left and my husband's like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Costco. And he would started cracking up laughing because he was like, good luck. And I, I got in the car and, and quite honestly, Lauren, there were just a couple things that I needed. It seems so ridiculous that I went, but I got in the car and I thought, you know what? I've got to start giving us all some quiet time because I think the only reason I got in my car and made that drive was because I needed space. I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I just needed the space. I needed to go get away. And um, and they were all being good. It wasn't like anyone was screaming or anything. But I was just like, I just need to get out of here. Sound like day two, right, honey? Yeah. <laughs> so what, I didn't I care about a line at Costco. I, you know, I was very careful. You know, I, I kept my distance with the people around me. And I was trying to get through there as quickly as possible. But I, I was... I realized, you know, like, gosh, this has, I've got to limit this. I can't, I can't let my emotions um, dictate the next 30 days or however long this is going to last for us um, because I just need to get away. I need to schedule that time that, so that we all have that time individually in this household to go to our own space and not be in each other's space right. um, without getting mad about it <laughs> yeah and if they're old enough that could be their room that yeah. could be outside in the backyard right I right. mean a kid could go outside in the backyard and dig or play in the snow for us or whatever yes. um you know that that's fine but um also having a specific item that they can sit with on a blanket or space is, is an option um and you know if you're looking for more times like that where you can have some space going outside is good um, they are recommending that people can be outside so you can take a walk. You can go to a park where there's not other people around. You can go to your backyard. You know, there's things that you can do bike riding in Texas. Mm -hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's not so many things you can do away from everyone. Yeah. Else. We can't yeah. bike ride yet here, but when we were in Texas, we loved to bike ride during our quarantine. Um, <clears throat> it was very fun and the kids really enjoyed it and it gives them good 
movement, you know, which is a lot less right now. If we're stuck at home, everybody's moving less than they usually are. So maybe we can just kind of wrap up with giving, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you to just to say. Um, usually I let people say any thoughts or words of encouragement you want to add. And I de- definitely want to hear your thoughts and words of encouragement, which I feel like this entire conversation has been encouraging for me personally. But what are some maybe off the top of your head, some things that we can, you've listed some things like, you know, that we can do in our house, which I love. The blanket time is great. Um, you know, and going off to yourself in your in your own little area of the house. Um, I love the, you know, pulling a box out of books and, and going through that. I love those ideas. And I think those are very practical for people like me who are still working and don't have the time necessarily to, you know, play a game of math bingo on the floor. Um, whatever that is. I, I just made that up. But um, I think... I'm so- <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> But um, I I also would love for you, you, you were talking about getting out and doing things. I think that's the thing that everyone is feeling a little bit of trepidation, or at least I, I'm, I shouldn't speak for everyone. For myself, I'll, I'll, I'm, I just found myself this morning going, wait a minute, it, this doesn't mean I can't go out in my yard. Like this doesn't mean I can't, um, you know, that our family couldn't go on a bike ride on the, on a trail. Um, so like, can you just maybe give us a little quick short list of some things that we can do that doesn't involve the, the, you know, walls of our house? Mm. Well, I think, um, yeah, bike riding, walking, park, right? Anything outside, um, walking by a river or a lake and throwing rocks. That's always a favorite for my kids. Yeah. Uh, we have been making anything with to do with snow. We've been throwing, uh, balls for the dog, right? There's lots of anything you can do outside chalk. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get water and take paintbrushes and have them paint on the driveway. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just fun activities that are, I mean, that's literally free. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Walk I love that. Out in Texas, probably not in Alaska today because it's a little chilly. But if it's warm enough, you could do water balloons or a squirt gun fight. Or, yeah. you know, I guess there's a lot of different things you can do that don't, it's just not necessarily around a group of people. But you and your kids are going to share whatever germs you have. So you might as well. <laughs> exactly. And how yeah. do we, um, how do you, this is totally off, the, like, again, I'm kind of random right now. I apologize. But um, how do you handle neighbors in that situation? Like, I, we live, you know, we live in a cul-de-sac. What, how do you handle, um, you know, when there's other kids outside playing at the same time? Do you not let your kids out um, when other kids are, are outside? Or, or do you just have these rules where you say, hey, guys, you're, you're welcome to talk to each other from six feet distance, but please don't, you know, get near each other. Like, like I think that's, so, that's also uncharted territory for us. We don't really know how to address our neighbors. Yeah. So for us... Um... We have had to make the decision many years ago that um, we can only do and make choices the best we can currently with the information we currently have. Mm -hmm. So I can't make a choice today with the information I have next week. Mm -hmm. I wish I could, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of information I wish I had, but Mm -hmm. I don't have it. I can only make the decision today with the information I have today. And... um, that comes into play a lot for us because with medical decisions, it's really hard. And I wish I had a crystal ball that would tell me, like, if we did this item, it would be mm-hmm. better for my kid. Or if we did this item, it would be better. Or if we did, didn't go to this thing, my kid wouldn't have gotten sick and ended up hospitalized, right? There's, like, lots of things I wish I knew the answer to. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Mm-hmm. So I can only make the best decision for my family today. And that's okay. We don't, we don't have to make the best decision for what we know in the future. We can make the best decision what we know today. Yeah. And what we don't know today is that they are telling us this is what we're following, right? The CDC recommendations and the people that know currently are telling us not to go into public places, that outside is okay, and that staying away from each other is best. Right. So I'm going to follow those things. Right. So for my kids, we saw some neighbors outside playing. We don't know these people. We opened our windows and yelled hello and talked to them through the window, and they climbed on the snow across the street. We had a grand time, and that was it. 
we also saw some neighbors that we do know pretty well. And I said to the mom, have any of you guys been sick? And she said, no. I said, well, what do you think? And she said, I think it's okay. They haven't seen anybody. Because we've, we've all been on spring break for a week already. Um, so they haven't seen anybody in like a week and a half. I said, yeah, we haven't really either. So the kids were wearing all of their snow gear anyway and had their gloves on. What? I mean, they're not, they're not kissing each other. And we let them go down the slide. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean... I don't know. There's no way for me to know for yeah. sure that swinging next to this other kid was right or not right. But I can make the best decision that I can right now. And don't beat yourself up if you make a decision like I did today where you walk into Costco and you're like, what have I just done? <laughs> grace, this, grace, you, grace, you, grace. Do better tomorrow. Yeah. Do better tomorrow. <laughs> it's important for me, at least in our life, to always remember that I am – trying to do the best I can for my family, right? I'm never trying to make a decision for my kids that's going to get them sick. Mm-hmm. And so the best decision I can make today is the best I can make today. And so right. I do put these, you know, these things in place. And we say, well, we're not really having friends over right now, girls. I know that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. I know you wish all your friends could come over, and I wish they could too. But today, we think that that's not safe. So that's what we're doing. Exactly. Um, you know, we happen to see this friend we know pretty well. Mom says nobody's been sick. They say they've been in because mom's pregnant and she's making these, you know, these same lines. I'm going to say, all right, I think we can play outside on the swings next to each other. That yeah. seems sort of okay. I don't know. These are the best decisions I got, right? Yeah, I don't you have can't, yeah that's all you can I do. Don't have all the you don't have don't all the answers. <laughs> I don't know if my kid's going to get it. I have no idea. But I'm trying my best. Trying and I think best. that's the best we can do. And, and um, since we are like we said in the beginning, doing this out of care for other people and love for the people around us, mm-hmm. then that's what should be motivating our decisions, not fear. Not fear not, of others. Right? Not fear of everyone around us. Not like, oh my gosh, every person I see is sick and so I'm so scared of these things. No, I'm making this decision because I care about the people around me. I care right. about my family and I care about the people around me and I'm going to try my best to make the decision that's safest for them right now. Right. Love that. Love that. Well, this is a great place to end. I really, really appreciate. I mean, I love it when I, you know, have ideas in my head, which is every single time, have ideas in my head of how things are going to go. And then it just overwhelms me because it's so much better. And I feel like um, this conversation with you today is just, um, you know, you take this as this is just your life and this is um, how you live. But for uh, for a lot of us, this is just a wealth of knowledge that we need to know. And, and above all, I feel like the conversation just ends on a really graceful note that we just need to have grace for ourselves and grace for our, ch- our kids and each other and really move in a place of love. Uh, I love that you ended with that. And I really appreciate you taking the time today to share all of that with us. Is there any last things you want to add? So one thing that our family has thought about before, and my husband is a firefighter, so he has talked about it a lot in um, in his job when he was a firefighter, is risk, uh, exposure, and threat. And the risk is exposure and threat together. So, for instance, if he is in a burning building in the middle of flames, but he is completely covered with his firefighting equipment, he's safe. He's got 100% threat. The fire is there, but he's got 0% exposure. He's got everything on he needs, and he's safe near the fire. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the risk is actually pretty low. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, If he is in a completely non-burning building, completely safe, in just a swimsuit, he has lots of exposure and no threat. There's no fire. So the risk is low. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. If he is at the campsite near a fire roasting marshmallows and he has shorts on and a t-shirt, there is some threat and some risk, right? There is fire and you are exposed. Some threat. I mean, some threat and some exposure, which causes some risk. Now, that risk is probably worth it to him because he likes marshmallows and he thinks it's fun to go camping. So it's worth the risk of the fact that he could get a little burned or something could happen to be by the fire. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. So that's where we're living our life right now. Mm-hmm. We have a very high threat. We know that there is something. We cannot mitigate the threat. 
so we can't put out this fire right now. Most of us, at least, have no access or ability to know where it is, how much it is, or anything about it. But we know it's there, right? Right. The only thing we can limit to limit our risk is our exposure. Right. So we can choose who we come in contact with, where we go, and what we do to create the risk to be higher or lower based on exposure, but we cannot change the actual threat. Does that make sense? Right, exactly. Yes, so absolutely. When you're, making, when you're making the decisions, now our family, who has a pretty high, pretty high levels of medical needs and is trying our best to reduce our exposure, is still eventually going to decide, no matter what, we're going to go to the store for milk. Eventually, mm-hmm. we're going to need to feed someone, and eventually, we're going to have to get something out of our house, right? Right. So eventually, our exposure will happen because it is worth the risk to eat. It right. is worth that risk. Yes. Even though it's a bummer, we are going to be exposed, it is also very important that we all continue to eat, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so when you are choosing the things you're doing... What you're trying to do is trying to decide, is the risk that you are increasing by the exposure worth it? So for us, like I said, the strangers that we didn't know, maybe it wasn't worth the risk. But the people that I did know, that I trusted, that I knew hadn't done anything, and we were outside where it's not as big of a risk, seemed worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we think about it in those concepts and those ideas, it might help as you're deciding things from day to day. Because it's not really one blanket statement like I can't see anyone or I will never leave the house because none of those statements are true yes Yes. but I will try best to make decisions that limit our exposure limit our risk and help the people around us so that our system can continue and can be a success in this hard time period absolutely I think that's a great analogy and a great way of looking at it because we can only control what we can control. We can be responsible and think of all the guidelines and definitely be on, um, you know, on our best watch of what's going on. But yeah, we can't definitely, we can't necessarily control everything. We've got to get food. We've got to go out of the house at some point and we can't necessarily control if there's going to be someone out there when we go out there. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that analogy. And it might explain to kids too, right? A kid totally understands a fire and a firefighter and totally understands that it might be worth it to be near a fire while camping where it wouldn't be worth it to be near a fire that's on a burning building, right? Right. Like understand the difference, even if the concepts that we're talking about are way greater and even hard for our hand, our mind to wrap around. Right. The concept of a fire is something that the kids do understand. That's great. I love that analogy. I'm going to use that with my kids right now, actually. I'm going to, we're talking about it here in a little bit. We're going to sit down with them, and I just love that analogy. I'm going to use that. So thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate you taking the time to share that with us, and um, we just love you. Love from Alaska. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you soon. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.